I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. And welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I am your host, Andy Mitz. Today, we have a very quick, well, quick compared to my normal 45-minute to an hour-long episodes covering the game coming up against uh, the Oklahoma Sooners for the Kansas Jayhawks. It is a homecoming matchup. Fox Big Noon kickoff and Fox Big Noon Saturday will be in the house for this particular game. I'm going to get you guys over to the preview I had with Garrett, with, uh, with Peyton uh, of... The, through the keyhole pod who came on earlier this year um, but we will we talked all about Oklahoma about everything you can expect from them so we will get over there in just a minute but before we do that I do just want to make sure to mention we are coming up on the end of the season for the Kansas volleyball squad they are still ranked they are still really showing out um, you know they they swept West Virginia on Thursday night they're playing again on Friday Um Definitely get out there and support them. You don't have very many chances left before the tournament starts. So there is no Big 12 tournament for volleyball, meaning that once they're done with the season, they're done. Um, you know, and, and then of course they will go to NCAA tournament most likely at this point because they're ranked. I have no problem or I'm not worried at all about them potentially making the tournament or not. They do have an opportunity with how good they're playing to potentially host. So we will have to see how they end up pulling that off or if they end up pulling that off and get the opportunity to host some first round, which will give you some additional chance to see them. But um, it's absolutely fantastic to watch them play and to watch how great this team is. And also absolutely great thing is our sponsor here on the podcast, the Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. Charlie Hustle is a vintage inspired collegiate apparel company that wants you to be the best dressed fan this season. They have over 30 different schools with all the local schools, all the Big 12 schools, except for Cincinnati, um, you know, and they have just so many great different things. They just introduced a Big 12 um, conference, Kansas City Skyline tee, which is absolutely fantastic. I definitely want one. They have plenty of stuff from a bunch of different schools, including Kansas, of course. They have the Jalen Daniel shirt. They have just a ton of hoodies, bomber jackets, all kinds of absolutely great stuff. If you go on over there, I'm guarantee you're going to find something 
that one, you don't have, and two, that you really, really want. If you go over to charliehustle.com, use promo code 101215, that's T-E-N-1215, you can get 15% off of all non-sale items in your order. Again, charliehustle.com, promo code 101215, 15% off of all your non-sale items. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. I realize this is really quick, but let's go ahead and get you guys over to that interview with Peyton Guthrie. And I am joined now by Peyton Guthrie of the uh, Through the Keyhole podcast covering Oklahoma. We are previewing this Oklahoma game, and man, is it is it a big one. Um, you know, Kansas is hosting uh, Big Noon kickoff and Big Noon Saturday against Oklahoma. And we kind of talked about this over on your pod really quick, uh, Peyton. But, you know, this is, a, this is a big deal, having this game coming here at this point in the season, especially since Kansas is not undefeated. Yes, Oklahoma is undefeated. Um, but, you know, Kansas being 5-2, and two, not ranked, hosting this game and getting all of this national attention. Um, are you surprised that this is as big of a game as it is coming into this this week? Uh, a little bit. I mean, there are obviously some bigger, uh, quote-unquote, bigger games that are happening this week. I think, you know, uh, uh, some SEC games kind of going down. But I, I do think it's um, proof of concept for, you know, Lance Leopold. It shows that the program has grown uh, under in this era and in this regime to be a, a legitimate, uh, you know, contender for like, hey, this is in, an inter- this will be an interesting football game. You know, if you want to look at it from like a media perspective, you know, they want to put, uh, you know, put these things on uh, uh, games that will be interesting or fun to watch. You know, Kansas is fun to watch. You know, the stuff they do on offense, the things they try to do, how creative they are, uh, the frustration they are potentially going to give me this uh, to this weekend tomorrow <laughs> watching uh, my Sooners try to stop them. Uh, you know, it, it's really cool to see that. It's really cool to see the program uh, build itself up, especially when, you know, hey, next year's a brave new world for both of these teams that are walking into different versions of conferences. Uh, you know, the Big 12 adding in uh, more members, uh, Texas, Oklahoma going to SEC, obviously. Uh, you know, a lot's been made of that side of it, but I think there's probably even more interesting case of the uh, all the new additions to the Big 12 and how that's going to have to shape out. So it's really, really interesting to see this play out in this way. Uh, you know, homecoming, sellout crowd. Uh, it, it's just, it's all kind of culminating to something pretty good. Uh, and luckily for you guys, it seems the entire OU team has got the flu from UCF that they gave us. Uh, so we'll see how. Oh that no! Works out. <laughs> I hadn't even actually seen that yet. So I'm glad you brought it up because that'll make things yeah. a lot more interesting. Um, but no, uh, yeah, I mean, so this is a team I think that has surprised a lot of people. Um, talking about Oklahoma as as well mm-hmm. because. You know, I think going into the game against Texas, everybody assumed that Texas was going to win that game. And obviously it was a back and forth game. And, um, you know, both teams had some pretty big mistakes. Oklahoma was able to capitalize a little bit better. Um, looking at this team though, like, is this a team where the defense has been significantly better and that's been driving the success or is it the offense just been so efficient that it doesn't really matter? Uh, the, the defense, uh, it, it depends on what, what standards you're wanting to look at. I mean, efficiency, stop rate, uh, SP plus, uh, K4 rankings, anything of that nature. This defense has made a leaps and bounds. Uh, I think Brent Venable said in the, in the offseason, it is worlds better than it was last year. Last year, I think it was in the 50s. This year, right now, it's rating out depending on where you want to look at, anywhere from the uh, mid-20s to high teens, uh, you know, in its defense efficiency or defensive power rating at that point in time. It really holds the course uh, and allows the offense to kind of stumble around at times. I mean, if you've had a chance to watch them Oklahoma football games against SMU, against Cincinnati, even against Texas itself, you know, Oklahoma's offense kind of sputtered in the middle part of that game, and Oklahoma defense was able to keep the game kind of in check or within reach uh, to, 
you know, depending on uh, where it was in the flow of the game to allow it to happen. So the defense is something that can be completely relied upon and leaned on by this team if, uh, if, if it needs be. That said, the offense is still a top five-ish offense. <laughs> so when I'm complaining about offensive production, it's because I'm used to top one and then top one by like a very large gap. So being a top five offense, top 10 offense, while frustrating at times, is nothing like I'm watching uh, an Iowa football game or something of that nature. It's just there's there's some key weaknesses that just cannot seem to get figured out and will not be able to get figured out this, this year um, along the offensive line and the running game. But overall, it's a very efficient offense, if not always an explosive one. Yeah. So, I mean, talking about this offense, because I, I think coming out of last year, there were definitely some questions about Dylan Gabriel. Um, yes, he had the injury last year, but I think there were some kind of questions about how well he was settling in this offense. Um, you know, the, the running game, I think this year hasn't been as good as a lot of people were expecting it to be. Uh, but like, what has the difference been this year compared to last year to make them that much more successful on offense? Basically, if I want to boil it down to one thing, is uh, um, your sack rate. Uh, Oklahoma, uh, I think sacks is a QB, a stat. I mean, yeah, offensive line can get beat, but the quarterback is holding the football. <laughs> the way they not get sacked is get rid of the football. <laughs> um, yeah. The sack rate, I think, was like in the high teens, low 20s last year. Brent Venable, uh, Brent Venable sorry, uh, Dylan Gabriel among OU fans was like, oh, first and 10, let's watch him take a sack here. I mean, it's like kind of just how he was, and now he's – uh, he was leading the nation in, um, uh, you know, a, a sack percentage at that point in time by like a 3% or something for a little while. Those are really roundabout numbers. Please don't check my math on that. Uh, but he was getting rid of the ball, moving the ball, being very consistent with where any things needed to go. That said, ever since Andre Anthony went down with ACL injury, uh, that has creeped up a little bit because he was Oklahoma's as close to a number one receiver you could get with the staff, with the, you know, wide receiver room they have right now. But he was somebody that Dylan Gabriel could get the ball to out on time if things needed to happen that way. Or he was at least first read, then he could work back down to Drake Stoops or Gavin Freeman uh, as his slot guys or kind of release valves at that point in time. But that's been, in my opinion, the one thing that's kind of kept OU going is because they're not having to fight back from 12 and 13, 12 and 14. It's now, you know. Six and you know, uh, second and five, second and three, you know, so it, it's made the team so much more uh, uh, efficient. And also, this team's third down completion, third down percentage rate has skyrocketed. I mean, last year they could not get get stay on the field or on defense, get off the field for anything. And this year, it's like they've only practiced third downs. <laughs> so I mean, they'll pick them up. It, it's kind of wild for at least in the beginning of the year. Te- the Texas game was standing. You know, they were picking up over fifty percent of their third downs. Uh, so uh, it, it's something that I'm assuming will frustrate you <laughs> watching how you get in the third and eight and then make a completion for twelve yards, and you're like, well, damn it. Uh, but that's just kind of how it is. The offense has shifted itself to a more passing offense, a more uh, uh, tempo offense as it composed uh, compared to last year. They just do not have the running game this year. Uh, for some reason, the zone blocking is just not where it needs to be. Uh, Tyler Guyton just does not seem to know what he's doing on the zone stuff. A lot of the guys just, I mean, you know, with zone two, it's you, you, you step left or you step right and you occupy the space. Um, and it's it's weird watching a dude step right and then allowing someone to run directly to his left it, it, <laughs> because the other guy didn't step where he was supposed to. It, I don't know what's happening on that, but they're still pretty good when it comes to power and gap schemes. They just don't run it nearly as much because zone is easierly dis, 
uh, disguise between pass and uh, run at that point in time because you're not pulling or something to in, you know immediately give it away that it's a running game. But other than that, I think it's your third down and your your sack stuff on this offense, which is really really elevated it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I guess if you're a Kansas defense trying to stop this Oklahoma offense, what is the best way to do that? Because it seems like you know you're going to have some success kind of shutting down the running game, but like the teams that have been successful in slowing down Oklahoma, I'm thinking, you know, SMU for the, you know, first three quarters, um, Texas at, at, at times, um, definitely UCF for quite a while. Like there was, there was teams that had some, some stretches of success, but what is it that works against this Oklahoma defense or Oklahoma offense to, to shut them down and really kind of limit what they're able to do? So Oklahoma has struggled to run the football this year. And again, struggled within context of, you know, big time, big boy, you know, power five offenses, but they have struggled to run the football within that context. And within the context, I think Oklahoma fans expect to have when you're recruiting four or five star running backs, you know, all that type of stuff, you're expecting them to get X amount of yards per game. And even though that has happened and everyone can see it, Levy still runs the ball 60 north of 60, 60% of the time. So if you want to stop the offense, you have to basically jam up the a gaps and um, then just play, you know, Discipline football on the edges. I mean, it seems pretty simple. Uh, the game plan to beat Oklahoma is pretty simple. Uh, it is that bear raid Art Bryles, who I, and I, not going to lie to you, I'm not the biggest fan of this style of offense. It plays itself via the hand that's dealt to them by the defense. So if you show them a six man box, they're going to run. You show them an eight man box, they're going to pass. I mean, this is how it is. They, they look at that first and then kind of de- dive into what, what it is they're going to do. Oklahoma very rarely is trying to set the tone or like say, this is what we're going to do no matter what. Good luck stopping it. Uh, except when it for some reason comes to these A gap runs, they kind of get stuck on uh, and they're because they're trying to weaken up the center part of the defense. But if you jam up the A gaps, excuse me, if you jam up the A gaps with some linebacker stuff or uh, and shed some blocks on the interior of the offensive line, which isn't a struggle for Oklahoma at this point in time due to injuries, uh, you can kind of get them off, off off schedule and then like i said if andre anthony not being in they're kind of losing their intermediate route guy a bigger guy who's able to catch a anywhere from like an eight to a 15 yard pass that's kind of difficult or you know making a competitive catch um they've got like farouk and petaway and uh, nick anderson who are more likely to catch things 20 30 yards down the field then they have drake and gavin who are more likely to catch like your five yard passes so if you can get them off schedule now that they don't have that uh chain mover that's where you're going to be able to make most of your success. So just stop the run game. And that sounds very simple. You may have wanted a more, uh, you know, sexy answer, but no, just no. stop the run game and make OU uh, have to pass. Yeah, I mean, it It just seemed like it was too simple to think, oh, stop the run game. But, I mean, if that's really what it is. I know that Kansas, when they aren't multifaceted, it makes it a lot more difficult for them to to do what they want to do. So it, it, it definitely makes sense. Um, okay, so, so let's switch over to the defense really quick. Um you know, this defense, obviously, as you said earlier, has gotten a lot better. What has been the key to that success, them jumping up and playing defense a lot better? Because I remember that used to be the joke, right? Like, even when like when Lincoln Riley was there, is that they didn't play defense, and that when Brent Venables came, it was like, is he actually going to be able to fix this defense, or is it going to take four years for him to completely overhaul the system? Um, stop rate. Basically, uh, stop, uh, stop and tackle rate. That, that's basically the easiest thing there is to it. When Lincoln Riley was here, uh, from my understanding, most of these offenses, most of the practices were obviously skewed towards the offense. Lost seven on seven stuff, 
uh, things of that nature to make sure plays were going on. Um, OU has implemented more nine seven um, drills where then you're focusing you're focusing on um, uh, live tackling, stopping the run. Uh, you're it's just it, it just it's more hard hitting on the team. So I can get why certain offensive coordinators would not, not want to do that. But it also means your defense isn't prepared to tackle people. Uh, it's hard to to get past Oklahoma. I mean, usually the first second guy gets you down. If you're watching Oklahoma football games, that's what happens. I mean, it's there's busts. Every defense has busts. But if an Oklahoma defender is getting to your player, that dude's usually making the tackle or at least blowing it up to the point to where it's another guy is going to get to you fairly soon. Um, that's something that's just, like, brand new. Like And the pressure rate's still there. Last year, Oklahoma had a ton of tackles for loss and a ton of sacks. But, they, but that pressure also led to a lot of busts. Because once that first wave, you can get past them, there's nothing there. Because you broke a tackle, you could go. Uh, this year, they're just, I mean, there's tackling. I mean, that that, that part's uh, kind of, it seems very simple. But I'm assuming if you've been a Big 12 football fan, you've screamed at the TV about why people can't tackle anybody. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Generally. Yeah, I mean, um, Kansas fans are used to, you know, whiffs on tackles or arm tackles that don't work. Or, yeah, unfortunately, we've we've had plenty of experience with those. So, um, I, I, I guess the other real question to have here then is what about uh, defensive secondary? Because I think there's definitely um, Kansas likes to go deep very often. And it mm-hmm. seems like Oklahoma can still be beat somewhat consistently on deep throws. Um, has that has that gotten much better or is that more just a case of they're they're tackling enough up front that like, you know, deep throws are pretty much the only thing people can get? Yeah, the, the pressure in the uh, aggression of any Brent Venables defense makes it difficult for you to have time to do that. Uh, Woody Washington is exactly what you want out of a cornerback. You never hear about him all game long. <laughs> now, he's not making a bunch of interceptions or super athletic stuff. It's just that people just aren't throwing it to him. And if he just wipes away that receiver to a certain degree, uh, Ginger Williams is much more of that quote-unquote playmaker. He has multiple interceptions on the year, multiple forced fumbles, uh, things of that nature. He's more of that playmaker corner because people are being forced to toss the ball to his direction. Uh, Billy Bowman is a very, very nice, um, you know, strong safety uh, type for Oklahoma, has has also very much of a playmaker. Where Oklahoma can get in troubles with is when there's Key Lawrence or Reggie Pearson when they're on the field. They're your bigger type of safety. They play free safety. Uh, it seems weird. You have the smaller safety in Burton Venables thing playing strong, but it's just who Billy Bowman is. He has this flexibility that the other two don't. So they play more of the free safety, and they're, they're more of roamers. And, man, they can get sucked up into a crossing route and allow someone to run right by them uh, multiple times a game. That said, usually Jaron Kanick or Danny Stutzman's in your quarterback's face by then. <laughs> so it, it's kind of covering itself up. Oh, you can be had if you can stop that initial rush, um, either by four or a five-man rush at that point in time. Uh, but that's just kind of where it is at this point in time. Now, the player, if you want to watch on defense, is – if you see number 22 on defense, just get prepared. Uh, he's a talented five-star freshman, Peyton Bowen. He gets on the field. When he gets on the field, stuff happens. I mean, he's blocking punts. He's getting, he you know had a sack against UCF, which knocked him out of a scoring range. I mean, he, he makes plays. Now, I don't know how structurally sound he is because he doesn't play very often because he's a freshman, but it's more of Brent says, go out there, do something freakishly athletic, <laughs> and then come back. <laughs> but when he gets on the field, uh, make note of that because uh, that's probably one of the more athletic 
defenders, you're going to see all uh, the entire football schedule for you guys. Uh, and then also if P.J. Adabari comes in, uh, P.J., a uh, defensive lineman for uh, Oklahoma on the end, very, very tall human being, also five-star freshman. Um, he doesn't play very often, but if he's on the field, just know his job is to go get the quarterback. There's not really much other <laughs> other thinking uh, than that. Uh, when those two get on the field, just know maybe something more simple is coming from the offense, but they put two players on the field uh, who can execute simple assignments very, very easily just because of the athletic potential uh, that they have. Yeah, okay. So it's basically it sounds like what it comes down to is if you can weather the initial pressure, you're going to have opportunities to throw it downfield. Um, and so I think yeah, that's really sure, kind of what this sure. X factor of this game is going to be then is, is Kansas going to be able to hold up the pressure enough, whether it's bringing in an extra tight end so that you have, you know, six blockers. Mm-hmm. And I could see plenty of instances where, you know, a Daniel Hyshaw or a Devin Neal is asked to block a guy. So you have seven blockers to give Jason Bean time to throw the ball down the field and kind of see how that works. But um, yeah, if you watch the uh, SMU and the Cincinnati game, uh, I think UCF game did this as well. Um, they're playing max protect a lot, <laughs> a ton, which if you're doing that, that means you're only having like two, maybe three dudes in coverage. And if we believe Woody's taking somebody out, then that means you've only got really one guy you're throwing. I mean, you, it's kind of like we have to protect a quarterback, but if we do that, we only have one real option to throw the ball to. So, I mean, you, there's a game right. to be played of there. Course. Uh, athletic quarterbacks, if you watch the UCF game, uh, can cause OU some problems. The one thing I did a film review on was the uh, UCF's implementation of the sprint draw. Uh, I don't know how often Kansas does stuff of that nature, that little boot, and then you kind of hand off as a running back's been sitting there. Uh, it gashed Oklahoma multiple times, one time for like a 54-yard run. Um, it, it just punishes actively aggressive football teams. Oklahoma is an active, aggressive football team. So if you get some misdirection, you can get some draw stuff. That said, those are plays, not a system. Uh, but you get a couple of big plays, you know, the game can change. Yeah, I think I think what, what Kansas is really good at doing and what might be extremely helpful in this game is that they run a lot of different things out of the same looks, um, which makes it a really hard, if you think you know what's coming and it's something completely different, they also are not afraid to run, uh, you know, option runs, um, you know, pitch plays, uh, all kinds of like triple option stuff, reverses, like they do all kinds of stuff. And I, I guarantee that Andy Konaki is going to have at least three or four different plays in this game. That you're like, what the heck was that? If you're if you're an Oklahoma fan, wondering, like, why was that successful? Oh, it's because nobody knew at all what was coming. So, all right, let's let's jump into a few other things about Oklahoma and this game coming up. But before we do that, I need to throw it to a quick break. We'll be right back on the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. I am here with Peyton Guthrie of the Through the Keyhole Pod. We have been talking about the Oklahoma Sooners. All right. Um, taking a look at this game, um, just take a look at our at our predictions and, and stuff here. Um, the segment here actually is brought to you by our sponsor here on the podcast, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best legal way to play free daily fantasy. Um, if you go over to prizepicks.com, you can make picks from anywhere from two to six different players, look at their individual lines, um, and make your decision whether it's, you know, be above or below. Pick all of those, package it up, and you can win up to a hundred times the amount of money that you put in there. Uh, depending on, you know, if you can hit on all six of those, it's absolutely fantastic. But they have stuff not just from college football. They have it from the NBA, NFL, um, you know, MLB, soccer. They have League of Legends. They have uh, NHL. They have all kinds of stuff that you would not necessarily think. You can mix and match from all of the different sports. It is a whole lot of fun. I took part last year, and I'm enjoying it this year as well. If you go over uh, to prizepicks.com, uh, or pull up the PriceWix app. Use promo code CHALK12. You can get a 100% match on your first $100 that you deposit into your account. Again, that's promo code CHALK12. can get you a 100% match. So let's take a look at some of these lines because I think this helps to kind of frame the conversation. Um, passing yards, they have Dylan Gabriel at 295.5 and Jason Bean at 209.5. Uh, Dylan, Ga- I'm sorry, for rushing yards, they have... Dylan Gabriel again at 26.5, Devin Neal at 77.5, and then receiving yards, they have Jaleel Farouk at 67.5 yards, Drake Stoops at 59.5 yards, and Lawrence Arnold at 45.5, oh, and then also Mason Fairchild, uh, Kansas tight end at 37.5, and Nick Anderson from Oklahoma at 58.5. Any of those yardage amounts really jump out to you as either being really high or really low? Um, if I was someone who was betting on this game, I do not bet. But if I was someone who wanted to take something like that, the only thing I see is you smash the over on Dylan Gabriel rushing yards. Rushing yards, <laughs> he yeah. Be- he, has be- he has become their um, best rushing attack at this point in time. If Oklahoma is moving the football for any consistency uh, beyond just like big plays or something, it means the uh, the QB running game is moving in that direction. Everett, let me, let me bring this up. Uh, yeah, I was yeah, a little yeah. surprised. Yeah, that would to, be my thing. That would I was I thing. was a little surprised to see it at twenty six point five. I think it's just because they don't really have a lot of faith in the Oklahoma rushing game, um, mm-hmm. and so you kind of throw in the quarterback. They, they've done that with Kansas a few times. Um, okay, let's take a look as well on touchdowns. They have Jason Bean uh, over under one point five passing touchdowns. Receptions, they have Drake Stoops at five, um, and then Jaleel Farouk at four and a half, and they don't have anything for rushing touchdowns. Let's see, receiving touchdowns, nope, doesn't look like they have a ton of the other stuff that they really want. Oh, oh, that's really weird. They have a Florida State, Keon Coleman, and Lawrence Arnold, Kansas, wide receiver receiving yards combo, which is really strange to see that combination. And it's 108.5 yards. I've never seen them do outside of games. They also have an Evan Stewart and Drake Stoops. Um, so Texas A&M and Oklahoma wide receivers combined yards at 119.5. Uh, 
Um, those are some really weird lines, but anything from yeah. those passing touchdowns or in, anything like that. Oh, Pat. And then there's also rushing, receiving touchdowns, Drake stoops uh, at 0.5. So anything there that you, that you think is a little strange or, or that you think really jumps out to you. as like, Hey, that's a good, a good one to look at. Uh, nothing strange on that. I would expect uh, Drake to get in there. Like once they get within that red zone stuff, they'd like to try to get Drake on some wide receiver screens or some uh, uh, jet sweeps, things of that nature. And Drake does a pretty good job of getting into in, into the end zone at that point in time before they have to start going to the big boys. Uh, I, I think I think Drake gets one. I, I think at that point five, I'd be interested in looking at uh, just from an OU perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think Kansas is going to give up touchdowns. Um, I expect this to be a high scoring game. Um, even though these two defenses are much better. I also, though, could see this being like a, um, you know, Oklahoma scores a bunch in the first half and Kansas kind of keeps it somewhat close. And mm-hmm. then Kansas scores a bunch in the in the second half and Oklahoma tries to score enough to hold on. Um, I'm not really sure if that's the way it's going to play out, but I could definitely see that being a possibility. When you look at this game, kind of predictions for the game, how do you think the game is going to flow? And and if you want to give us a score prediction, go feel free. But, like, what are your general expectations coming out of the game? Well, I, I generally think OU is going to cover. Uh, OU's covered every game but one game this year. Uh, UCF, that was the game. That was the first game back uh, from Texas, even though they had a bye week to kind of shake some of the Texas hype off of them. doesn't seem like they were able to do that. I think UCF is a re or hopefully is a reorienting uh, reorientating game for them to allow them to recenter themselves. Uh, I think what we'll see though is what's been going on for Oklahoma games historically this year is they're going to start slow. There's going to be some trades back and forth, and then Oklahoma will find a way to separate at the end. Oklahoma does have a lot of what Brent Venables calls competitive depth. They have that ability now to really kind of go late into games. I mean, there's there's times in the third quarter when the game is still very much so in doubt. They're playing their uh, fourth-string uh, linebacker. They rotate guys in and out, and honestly, they don't look bad. <laughs> you know, they get in there for a couple plays, and they come back out, and it's not like, oh, no, they gave up a 50-yard pass. I mean, the team still plays. The system is pretty strong at that point in time. Uh, so I think it would be you'd see some trades back and forth at that point in time, and in Oklahoma kind of settle things out. I think Jim being uh, being Jim being uh, you can tell where my head is at. Uh, I think being will potentially uh, have a rough day. I'm not going to lie to you. But Brent Venables likes to throw a lot of coverages and a lot of looks at quarterbacks, and he's not quite the dynamic quarterback that Kansas could be playing this week uh, this weekend. Uh, I do have our score over on our keyhole uh, pages: uh, Oklahoma 38, uh, Kansas 17. Obviously, that's me downgrading the offense a little bit because I'm a giant Oklahoma homer. So <laughs> so don't scream at me or do scream at me. That's fine. Uh, that's kind of where I see it kind of going at Oklahoma, you know, separate themselves at the end because I've seen Oklahoma play offenses that seem very good. If the SMU offense was very good, is very good. It's rated very good. And Oklahoma was able to just kind of hold them down. Uh, I don't know if Oklahoma was able to hold Kansas down very much between the 20s. Oklahoma has a very, very, very strong red zone defense, as you may have watched against uh, that Texas game, holding them out on the four, on the goal line stand, almost doing the same against UCF, except a, a very, very dumb taunting penalty gave uh, some new life to UCF at that point in time. But regardless of that, Oklahoma is still a very, very, very good red zone uh, defense. And I think we, we see that come to play where Kansas piles up a ton of yards, but I still think they're going to be able to punch it in uh, enough to, to keep up or potentially to pull off the upset. Yeah, see, I actually see this completely different. I think that there's going to be a lot of offense here. I think both teams are going to have a lot of big plays. And I think that's mm-hmm. where Kansas is going to make a lot of its, you know, uh, momentum is 
big giant passing plays or big huge rushing plays. Kansas, I believe, uh, I, I haven't actually pulled up the actual um, statistics, but I believe they have the highest percentage of scoring plays of 20 or more yards um, in the nation offensively, meaning that when they score, they typically score from pretty far out. Um, so, yeah. you know, at that point, red zone defense doesn't really matter as much if you're not, you know, yeah. playing in the red zone. Um, I, I feel like this is a game where you're probably going to have Devin Neal break off a 40 yard rushing touchdown. You're probably going to have a Jason Bean throwing a, you know, 40 yard touchdown to, to a Mason Fairchild or Lawrence Arnold or something like that. You're going to have multiple big long scores, I think, uh, from, from both of these teams. And so it's just going to be a matter of who has the most big plays. And who's able to make the most big plays on defense? I mean, this is a Kansas defense that I think is a lot better at turning the ball over, uh, or that, at, at turning their opponents over than they get credit for. Um, you know, you have guys like Quentin Lasseter, who is a, you know, he was a third string quarterback or cornerback to start the year. Uh, he has two interceptions on the year. Uh, he has really kind of worked his way up the depth chart. They have a lot of guys that can do a lot of things and cause a lot of havoc and can force fumbles and force turnovers. So we'll see who can get the most turnovers. I think that's going to be a big key to it. But I also just think that this is going to be a game that is going to be very up and down. Um, you know, I'm probably thinking this is going to be in the in the low 40s or so um, for both teams. I think this is going to be just a, sh- a shootout. It's going to be a lot of offense, a lot of fun, and I think everyone's going to really enjoy it. Um, except for, of course, the fans of the team that actually loses. Like, they'll enjoy the game while it's happening, but they're not going to be happy about it at the end. But all right. Um, I think that's going to do it for us today, Peyton. Where yeah. Where can people find your work online? Uh, the, the best way to do it is check us out on Twitter or X if you want to call it that now. No, uh, always, always Twitter. Pod. Always, always Twitter. Twitter. Check us out on Twitter <laughs> at Keyhole Pod. Uh, that's the easiest way we pump out a lot of stuff. If you want to support us, uh, or the, on, also on Patreon, patreon.com slash through the keyhole. I don't expect a bunch of Kansas fans to want no, to no, but, Oklahoma Patreon. But, but I'm sure that at least some Oklahoma fans are listening to this. Yes, now, that's they're, the they're that's probably the already supporting time. you if they're going to, but yes, still. All right. Well, Peyton, thank you so much. And that is going to do it for us today. Thank you so much, Peyton, for joining me. If you guys haven't already, please to go out where, wherever you get your podcasts, where it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there. Just search for Rock Chalk Podcast. You can subscribe, get every episode as soon as it comes out. If you give us a rating and a review, five stars, nice comments, would be absolutely fantastic. But if for whatever reason you can't do that, just let us know what it is we can be doing better. We really do bring the podcast to you guys to get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, people who want to try to interview, anything like that, you can contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. We are part of the 1012 Podcast Network covering all the teams in the Big 12 Conference. Yes, including the new ones that are getting ready to come in. Go over to 1012network.com to find links to all the great shows that we have. We also have, have a Patreon site, patreon.com slash 1012network. A bunch of great stuff on there. I'm always doing some kind of exclusive thing over there for you guys. So make sure you support us over there. That is going to do it for us today. Make sure you guys visit our sponsors, Prize Picks and Charlie Hustle, and you can get some great deals over there. But thank you guys so much for listening. Peyton, thank you so much for joining me. We will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.